everybody. Welcome to the IGA Twin Cities podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. With me tonight, I have, as always, Tori Kamal. Hello, folks. And we have two special guests tonight. Zach Wint. Howdy. And Ryan Schaefer. I'm a special guest. Special. Watch <laughs> out. All right, well, Zach, you probably know, is the president of the IGDA Twin Cities chapter here. He keeps us together. And uh, Ryan, how would you describe yourself? You're a entrepreneurial freelance uh, student recently graduated? Something like that. Sounds good. Free agent, maybe. Mm. Sounds like a good title for a game. Indeed. Yeah. Hey, somebody write this down. We should, <laughs> we should record this. This is gold. Be full of gold. All right. Uh, well, it's been a while. We actually missed a month there due to multiple busy summer times and illnesses. Um, um, mostly due to El Nino. Is it El Nino? That was like years yes. ago. Well, I think it's, it's Spanish. A, there's a cycle to it, right? So I think it's maybe like every 10 or 20 years or something. The, um, the planets aligned and something happened. I really hope there's like a giant volcano named El Nino and it just goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> just confuses everybody. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's skip the, hey, what's everybody been doing? And, and since we had this big event in recent history, E3, I thought we could just kind of hop in and talk about how that kind of affects uh, game development and whatnot. So, um, but an interesting thing, at least, especially for me this year, pre-E3, both, you know, the, the couple major players, Microsoft and Sony, announced their hardware, which um, was, was pretty interesting. So Sony announced uh, a couple months before E3 and then Microsoft a couple weeks before, but... Uh, you guys got any thoughts about that? Like, the, the hardware came out. It looks pretty close to... I mean, they're very comparable systems. I heard the, the, the PlayStation was actually quite a bit more powerful than the Xbox it was going to be. But I don't know for sure. I've heard similar. I, um, I think part of that is that the, the memory is a little bit better in the PlayStation 3. Mm. Um, Seems like that's the biggest thing, yeah. It's also good. Fifty percent more shaders on the GPU. But but do they have as many transistors? They got more. They have the exact same uh, Jaguar core that Xbox has, but more shaders enabled. So what exactly does that mean? How do you install or get or have more shaders? That's it. Just uh, means more passes through a shader pass. That's or, uh, more pixels that can run in the same clock cycle. And that's the normal way to cut down graphics cards these days. So a 780 or a 760 or a 770 is the exact same chip with different chunks disabled. Um, that would be GeForce 780. All right. And then uh, same deal on the integrated GPUs also. They just chop out pieces that aren't working or change the clock speed. So you said they both have the same, mm -hmm. the same ones. Yep. Well, that's nice then. Yeah, it's nice for PC too because um, they'll make for really easy ports. Well, I mean, even oh, even if one was you know drastically more power, more or less powerful, it seems like most people would try to target both of them when they're making stuff anyway. So. Yeah, the games will come out identical, and 
on PlayStation, they'll have more bits of glass and rock and a little bit better smoke or something. The Xbox, though, has some SRAM, so some extra extra fast memory, um, sort of like the 360 did. DDR5, so, right? DDR5 is the PlayStation 3, and it's all the memory. Right. And we tried to calculate that by just looking for price price lists, and we figured it was about 60 or 80 bucks just in memory alone. Just in memory, out of their announced price at E3. Yeah. So, yeah, I... <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the most interesting thing about the, you know, the pre-hardware announcements was the way Microsoft handled it. And, you know, they announced or they showed their box and they talked about how great it would be to watch TV with it, <laughs> <laughs> which, um, you know, we can get into that a little bit more later because when they did E3, they were a lot more about games, but they did sort of really devote that initial launch to about how it was more than a game console which i i'm still sort of confused about it and i've read a lot of stuff i don't exactly know how it'll work but i understand that it, they've divided it into three os's have you anybody else heard this so it's so it, it, i think the idea is that for one of the os's they're basically trying to replace your cable box so you run an hdmi through your cable box to the console and then it takes over a lot of like the 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 kind of like the menus and stuff like that, like the like channel guides and letting you know what's playing and no word about DVR, but I don't know. It's it's a kind of a strange move. Yeah, I wonder. Well, I mean, me and Tori both have the Google TV, and we understand how Google TV works with where you plug in your HDMI cable, and then you can use the Google TV remote to control your DV, your cable box. Is essentially what it does. Um, and it just adds extra search functionality, you know, with a Google knowing where you're located and what, you know, your provider is and stuff. But it still really is just accessing your DVR, you know, cable provided box. I'm wondering if that's what the Xbox is going to be or not, because I can't imagine them literally being the box instead of. Well, it seems like they're kind of trying to do a lot of that stuff, but also routing it through their own Xbox interface and allowing you to do, like, apps like Twitter and stuff on the side. Yeah, I mean... Well, you know, it could be the cable box itself, because for a while, they were... Um, TVs would have had that little cable card slot, and you wouldn't have a box. you just put that little teeny cable card that looked like one of those old uh, modems, uh, PCMCIA modems, basically. Yeah. Uh, except it was just flat. It looked like that. So it really could just be the box. I mean, it's got enough hardware, uh, hard drive space and... and um, so if, as long as they had that tech all set, it really could just be the entire box itself. Well, there's there's uh, screenshots of the hardware out there. I don't think there's any kind of like a cable in or or any kind of a slot for a cable card or anything like that. Hmm. But who knows? Gotcha. They could add something in there. They could certainly change everything at the last minute if they wanted to. That's true. That's true. It's real interesting. I'm curious about like. You know, maybe it's me. I'm I'm personally thinking that like the world is kind of going towards a cable cutter, where people are getting away from cable TV and yeah. going to other mediums such as Netflix and Hulu and you know other services like that. Yeah. So it's sort of interesting to see them embrace that. Well, and, are you are you suggesting that Microsoft is not paying attention to the way that people use internet? Well, no, internet. Yeah. True, television. They're paying attention though, because what they if you, their their announcement really you know it really sort of addressed 
enjoying sports with their box. Sports and Price is Right, if I remember right. Yep. Um, but, I mean, that was, like, one of their big things with it at the, at the pre-release or whatever, was that you could look up your fantasy football with your TV while you're watching football or basketball. Was it fantasy basketball? They didn't do fantasy basketball. Is there such a thing as fantasy fantasy basketball? You're asking us? If, if <laughs> there isn't. If they don't have sports. support for fantasy lacrosse, then I'm out. <laughs> yeah. What if you could make like just fantasy sports? You could pick all your favorites from all your different sports. Ooh, that'd be cool. Can you have like a fantasy fantasy football league? <laughs> I, I've joked about that too before, where you get the best fantasy football players and then you get scores based on how well they perform. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Anyway, let's let's hop into E3 then, with regards to the to the to the big folks the uh the microsoft and the sony um so i guess interesting to note is that microsoft went first and addressed games you know pretty full on um anything interesting you guys thought about with their press conference they showed a lot of games they did they showed i think almost entirely games and a lot of them looked really good yeah, Titanfall looks pretty damn good. Titanfall looks good. Metal Gear looks real good. And uh, So that'll be a Metal Gear without Cliff Blazinski, right? Uh, without David Hayter. He's the... the oh, the uh, well, guy. I, why was I thinking of Gears of War? I don't know. <laughs> I got my wires crisscrossed. Action game, shooter. Yeah. They announced... Uh, <laughs> the indie game they announced that the console would support was... Minecraft, which yeah. I thought was the, the most indie of games. Yes, yeah. like, <laughs> if you if you want to have your indie game on our console, all you need is millions of dollars. Be, yeah. be like Minecraft. Yeah, just sell better than AAA games, and your indie game too can make it onto our console. <laughs> isn't isn't Minecraft like the most profitable game they have? Oh yeah, it beat out on Microsoft. Yeah, it beat out uh, Call of Duty. For online people, I think. That's crazy. Maybe even in sales, I'm not sure. Anyway, the the press cross uh the blah blah. The press conference for the most part ended up being very much games. So the showing off a lot of stuff. I guess uh, Killer Instinct was kind of a big deal, the another car driving game that we show cars <laughs> panning across them in slow motion. <laughs> There's, if there's one thing that was like a big common thread at all of the press conference, it's just really boring trailers for car games. That's They're <laughs> always there, though. They're always supposed to make you get all excited. And they all look kind of like the exact same game. Yeah. Like, this one has cars in it. <laughs> yeah. I know Zach, is, uh, he likes his car games, so yep. we'll let him. What do you think? Yeah, this is a hostile audience here. Um, I did catch that the Forza game is uh, 1080p and 60 frames a second so if That's it looked great. that good that means the the less powerful the x x bone is uh, more than enough <laughs> to play games with not as many shaders plus they have all this uh, smoke and mirrors about doing cloud rendering and all these neat secret hard to define things that the cloud's going to do to make everything prettier yeah thanks for bringing that up i um the cloud computing is an interesting 
concept, I thought. And I think it can be used. Oh, two things. Isn't there like also there's dedicated servers for online multiplayer? Yeah, so that's that's the obvious thing, and that, that'll be really nice by itself. Yep, so that's a pretty big deal. Um, and then so it's not somebody's Xbox that's hosting the match it's, or whatever. It's an no online. more host advantage? I guess not. All right. And then you the just cloud... gotta move closer to one of their data centers, like Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> just need some Google Fiber. You're all set. Or the Google Loom. Never mind. Google Loom. Oh, they launched a whole bunch of balloons. Oh, right. gotcha. They're Google being Google. They got to get their advertisements to people who don't have internet. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but that's a different different topic altogether. Anyway, um. The cloud computing, as I understand it, I think that could be a big deal in the long run. But I'm not exactly sure what it is. Do you guys? It, sound, it sounds great, but it, it it seems like it all comes down to how they use it. Like you if know, a lot of the core stuff about like gameplay and input and all that is based on that, it's just it's not going to work. Look at OnLive. <laughs> Titanfall is um, confirmed. They got dedicated servers, and then. For Forza, they've confirmed that they um, they kind of collect stats on your driving and then upload to the qual- the cloud and kind of crunch out a customized AI algorithm for to your, share with your friends. For your you dr- drive avatar, yeah, yeah, that's a terrible name. They're calling it a drive avatar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my! Drivatars with Levolution. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the movie. Oh, oh wow. Based on a video game, based on a comic. So you know uh, the uh, it does gives me hope though because I just went from my Droid two to my Droid four, and the download times with just regular like websites is drastically better. Um, like I was surprised at how much better it was. Uh, granted, it was a really old phone. Um, so that's really the the final link that's been missing for cloud based computing is just getting the. Well, Ryan, you were you were alluding it to to it too. It's just there's just it's not the computing, it's not the crunching, it's the getting that data across fast enough to make it worth it. It just uh, I think it's going to get there eventually. Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly know what they mean by cloud computing. I mean, we've done that sort of stuff at work, and my impression generally is it's slow. But what you can do is you can we have some at least theoretically proposed. The idea that some really complicated and intense kind of crunching can happen, and it can then you know translate that back to you at your local version in some way, which I I think is is super interesting. I don't know how many you know like single player games or something might really indulge in something like that. I don't know if that's the case, but I could see it being used in like um sort of like these multiplayer MMO type persistent world things where the world is always running or something. I can't. It it it. I don't know. I I think that it could be a big deal, but I'm not exactly sure. Design wise, it's single player games will have to work without it too, since it can be offline. But yeah, that's, the, I mean that's well, that's that's another thing is that it's of course publisher dependent, right? Yeah, yeah. You gotta imagine they have to pay for the the use of those, although it's awfully cheap. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how they're going to work that business-wise. The more exciting ideas I've heard that are actually not just straight-up stupid um, are like uh, kind of offloading 
simulation of, you know, stuff that's four miles away that you're not immediately looking at so it can run with higher latency and, and less granular details. And then but when you get over to that in the world, yeah. yeah, when you get over that part of the world, it can kick R- over rather to than Xbox. having fog obscuring everything in the distance. No, it's not necessarily that. It's that the system doesn't have to give up on whatever that thing was. It can keep like, track of it, but yet the cloud is taking care of it, not your local yeah. processor. Like a super complicated, complicated civilization just running yeah. treaties and wars in the background. And uh, so, so initially, is that something that people are going to have to pay for, do you think? Or are they going to cleverly bundle it into the game price? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't think they're going to charge for it because then nobody will do it. How much do you think, though, that this is going to be like a literal plus when you know most developers are probably going to produce for both platforms? You know, it could be like a big deal, but it's probably not a big deal because, well, they got to they got to put it out everywhere, PCs and and the PlayStation Four too. So it all depends how much they want to use it to prop up the the Xbox because Microsoft sells competing services anyway, probably to Ubisoft and everybody else outside of the Xbox, right? So if they want to prop up that business, then they'll just say, "Hey, use the Windows servers for both." Interesting. All right. Yeah, they, I guess they make money either way. And it's also kind of interesting, too. I mean, um, a little bit differently with thinking globally, but for the most part, they're still doing more business in the U.S. So when all the business people go home, there's all this excess server capacity that can probably be used for entertainment. Whereas you got somebody like OnLive that's only entertainment, everything's going to break on Friday night when everybody decides mm, to use it true. at the same time. Can they maybe use it to keep Xbox Live from crashing when a new Halo game gets released? <laughs> that was actually my biggest fear with the online checks. Was uh, yeah, twenty four hours isn't bad, but uh, when it's a I mean, time I may be, when I may be broken, jumping ahead, but they yeah. did uh, they did kind of do a, a complete one eighty on all of their DRM stuff, and when they announced that the the page that they had set up with all that information on Xbox.com. It just couldn't handle the load. It crashed. <laughs> and that's a lot it, of journalists checking out that. <laughs> that's funny. Well, I mean, like journalists and people on the internet. Yeah. But like, it's kind of weird. Like, if they they ha- they say they have all these servers, and if they can't keep their website running when a big news article hits, like, I mean, I'm sure it's different architecture, different servers, probably. But it kind of sets a bad precedent because, yep. as it is now, like when Halo Three came out. The service was down for like oh, I think a whole day. So I don't know if they can use this to maybe prop up the just the service in general and keep it more stable. Then that's pretty nice. We'll see. Well, they couldn't even. All right. Um, they they couldn't even keep their their message straight though. They had tons of problems. Just like I don't know. All right. Microsoft is sort of like after this E three. They they got kind of pounded pretty hard for their poor showing. They didn't say. really get. So here's the thing: they didn't really have a bad showing because all they really showed were games. But anytime someone asked about something that wasn't a game, they just shot themselves in the foot. Yes, that's exactly that's that's a much better way to put it. Thank you. Yeah, they they every time they people would ask them to clarify on something, you'd get mixed signals on answers, and even the people trying to clarify those things weren't exactly clear. And then they said things like, um, uh, if you want to 
gaming system that you can play offline by a 360. You know, it didn't it didn't oh. lend themselves real well. And I think you now if we lead into the Sony press conference, which came, you know, many hours later, Microsoft was in the morning and Sony was in the afternoon. Um, I think I think Sony took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So how about oh, we sure. how about we step into the Sony press conference? So the, the, before we get into that, though, the first thing I want to say was, did anybody else find it pretty interesting that Sony opened with the Vita? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? People have Vitas? Yeah, I, uh, I guess they do. <laughs> I, I'm not saying the device is bad or anything, but I think that, like, you know, it's not selling gangbusters or nothing. I don't know exactly how mega-supported it is. I feel like they're, they they really try to push it every chance that they get. Yeah, but, but I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's getting its... What it you know what it needs. It seems like I mean, right now more than anything, it's it's a really good system to have if you like playing indie games, but not really so much else. Hmm. So it's like a PC. <laughs> but you can take it with you. Yeah, you can take it. So it's like an Android phone or an iPhone. But more powerful. Is it more powerful? Yeah. Yeah, it does pretty good on the 3D. So all those really awesome iPhone and Android games can now be played on your Vita. <laughs> well, they got like Hotline Miami, they got Spelunky, they got Persona. It has a few games, but not really any major hits. Yeah, well, some of those games, of course, you can't really play well on a phone or a tablet or a phablet. For that yeah, matter. stuff that you want buttons and joysticks for. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually really interested in a Vita. I think it would be fun to have one. I just don't want to pay for it and then pay for the games. The price to play, I think, is just too high. I think it's really interesting that Sony put that out as their, you know, forward right at the beginning. It just seemed really interesting to me. Now I know Sony is a hardware company, and they really need to to sell the systems they make. So I appreciate that, but it'd be a lot weirder if they didn't have Vita stuff. Yeah, so maybe putting it at the beginning is just a way to get it out of the way too. I don't know. I, I think was... so. They they were really building towards that big climax right at the end. Yep. So, you know, that's the other thing is that I don't. Maybe I wasn't paying as much attention as I should have, but um, I didn't see a lot of like Vita connection with the the PS4. Did they talk about that at all? Other than, you know, like, um, I got, in, unless I got it wrong, I think every game will actually let you remote play on your Vita. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. It's going to do just video streaming and control streaming back in the other direction. All right. If it's not 100%, it's very close. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of neat. All right. Um, well, a couple things before we get to the, Smackdown, so to speak. Um, I thought it was nice that they actually they gave a lot of stage time to indies. So a number of indies were were you know came out on stage and showed their stuff, including Octodad, <laughs> which is if you guys don't know, is pretty dang funny. You play as an octopus that's trying to pretend to be human, and you have to do it. It's pretty good. Um, don't starve, Oddworld. Uh, Odd World remake, uh, Tran- Transistor, which is a pretty big deal. It's from the Bastion um, developers. 
if I if I recall right, though, it's not necessarily exclusive. It's just there first, and I know they're going to be on PC too. And of course, all these other things are available on PC. But the the point I wanted to make is that at least the PlayStation made a place for indies. I th- I thought. Yeah, they they've come out and said that any developer that wants to publish on their stuff can. Which is kind of, and it could really mean anything. It could end up being like XBL indies, but even if they do something like that, it'd be kind of great just to develop for it. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, I I really like that. So after that stuff, um, I guess Jack Trenton is that his name? Mm-hmm. He uh kind of took a shot at Microsoft. So Microsoft had announced their console price at five nine uh four ninety nine. And that includes the connect that's always on and you can talk to your TV and wave your hands around and whatever. Um <laughs> and then Sony announced <laughs> a couple things. First off they said that uh you can share games, rent them, lend them, that there is no DRM and it's not always online. So they that was like a direct big shot crowd cheering. Big crowd cheering, yeah. <laughs> Um, shot right across, you know, right at Microsoft's previous state statements, or not statements. Um, but then they announced their price, which is a hundred dollars cheaper than the Xbox. The it's at uh, three ninety nine, American. So that's really surprising. Yeah. So I mean, like the initial response from a lot of you know. Uh, media that I read was that the connect and whatnot, but I, I don't know. I, I really think that Sony, like they, they, from the time the press conference, Microsoft's press conference, you know, happened and they announced their price. I think Sony, I think Sony reacted incredibly well to that and garnered a lot of uh, goodwill with the consumers. Yeah. They played directly into that. Yep, which is sort and it of kind of shows like it, if you try and do a pre-order for a PS4, I, th- I mean I think Amazon might be taking them still, but like go to a store, and it might be kind of tough. Yeah, and um, was it a uh, Game Informer had a poll of like which one are you looking forward to, the Xbox or the the <laughs> PlayStation Four, and um, it's like eleven percent for the Xbox. Amazon actually removed their poll because it was getting too lopsided. Really? <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of funny because I think that even though, you know, Microsoft tried to go forward with that concept and there's a lot of benefits to what they were proposing. I, I don't trust them to do it right, but I, there are a lot of benefits. It, it wasn't necessarily their policies, but rather their messaging. Right, they just sort of yeah. came across pompous and like, like like the family sharing stuff sounded really cool. You could have like ten people that you all share games with somehow. Well, it sounded cool because they didn't share details, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Some details leaked, and what it actually was going to be was um, people can play your games for but it sounded fifteen cool. or thirty <laughs> minutes or maybe even an hour a day. It's all yeah, decided that's... by the publisher. Yeah. So another word for that is demo. Yep. But uh, I think uh, it was, they don't actually care until it hit the the mass press. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel or uh, who's the Saturday Night Live guy, the dumber one? 
Jimmy Fallon? Fallon, yeah. Um, stood up and said, this this is the PlayStation. It's the one that can play used games. So he just kind of oversimplified a bit and told the America about it. Yep. I think it was stuff like that that when they started to care. But do you think that will actually translate into a real difference in sales? Here's the the problem I, so. I see. Like, um... Like PC, we're all used to buying games on PC with Steam and stuff, and we don't complain about not being able to lend each other discs. We don't, right? But we're well, all you don't have discs on Steam, right? But I mean, we don't go to the the the, the Egghead software and buy you know the latest Ultima, and then when we're done, give you the discs. You know, you don't do that anymore. You buy it, or at least I do my PC gaming almost exclusively through Steam, um, and I don't care. I, but that's also partially because I'm buying them usually at a discount, you know, and that's yeah. kind of what I feel the used game market really is, is that you can get the games that aren't, you know, I mean, you try to buy a used game of the game that just released last week, you're not going to get a great deal on it. You're going to get like five bucks off or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's almost not worth it. You should just buy the new one, at least in my opinion. But if you're on PC, you know, it's, usually $10 cheaper to begin with, if not on sale in some way, because they're competing with other online services, too. There's Steam sales all the time on stuff, too. Yeah, but usually a little bit older, but, I mean, sometimes, you know, new releases or whatever. But, like, uh, Far Cry 3 came out, and it the sales on Steam were beating the used copies of it on on um, on Xbox within, you know, uh, a couple weeks or whatever. It was like... Anyway, my point being is that I, I could really appreciate that in a console if they could adapt it well my experience with microsoft and their sales is they have you know not really great sales not very often not often enough to make you look you know they don't really have sales on anything that people buy yeah they'll have like get this costume for injustice it's now (laughs) yeah yeah half price like like very seldom do they actually put games on sale yeah, and when they do, it's like ten percent off of of Super Meat Boy or something. Yeah, you no, know, it's not. But even even still, if you just go to on the Xbox like right now and look at games on demand and look at their pricing, it's just ridiculous. They'd be charging full price. It'd probably be like forty or fifty dollars right now for Far Cry if you wanted to get it. Yeah, exactly. So like, so it's like they. It seems like they were trying to go that Steam route where they they make up for the lack of used games with good pricing and stuff, but. They just haven't done anything to show that they can do that, at least not right now, at least. Right. And that's, part of that, I wonder, is like how much of that is Microsoft determining the price and not letting the publishers do it? Because I would suspect that if publishers had a choice as to what to put their you know, product as for sale through a service like the Microsoft um, Xbox Live, you know, download games, I would suspect that after some time, even games like you know, Far Cry and whatnot would be priced pretty equivalently to like the steam price uh i can't really say this with any authority but i think microsoft does set a lot of those prices i think they do i've, I've heard a lot of stories of people publishing stuff on live arcade you know asking to be a certain price and then being told no we can't it has to be 800 points or whatever yeah but that could also just be nonsense <sighs> I, I do not have experience with this Anyway, it's well, I mean, like we're just complaining about Microsoft again. <laughs> they're definitely trying to not uh, let prices drop any faster than they need to. 
I mean, the cheapest games are like five or ten bucks instead of a dollar. And uh, it, I think they're going to milk that as long as they can. So I, I, I don't actually see them switching pricing strategies unless somehow they do something that actually makes more money than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's the idea of selling one apple a day at five bucks versus five apples at one buck. Might as well just sell one. Although Steam, but Steam is kind of proving that <laughs> the uh, the five for one really seems to be doing a better job. Yeah, here's my opinion on that. And that's the point I wanted to make because my my conclusion after this is, and almost even before with the hardware and stuff, is that I feel like I've already got my future console and it's my PC. It's Steam. Mm-hmm. It's plugged into my TV now. I'm in. I'm enjoying it more with regards to getting a lot of games. And and part of that benefit also is that, at least even to the developers, is that I'm buying things that I'm not playing anyway. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's, you know, okay, so I get this game that I heard was good, but it, hey, look at that, it's five bucks. It's on the super sale. I better buy it because I heard about it and I'm interested. But I don't play it. And I'm not necessarily going to do that with but it was only five dollars but right exactly now it's in my (laughs) steam thing and i feel confident that now when i do never want to play it um it's there for (laughs) me which is exactly what my steam account is so you want to hear something completely nuts uh there's Hmm. a rumor going around now that steam is going to start experimenting with uh trading games or not trading but like loaning or borrowing games yeah i heard about that Hmm. like there's a somebody found a paste bin or something like that with yeah it's i mean it's just a rumor right now but if they do start rolling stuff out like that then you pretty much won't need a console will you except for the halo yeah that's what it comes down to is those sort of games and exclusives when i when i look at them like titanfall is going to be on pc as well it's just not going to be on playstation 4 as an example right and I would assume that, like, Infamous is going to end up, which is a Sony exclusive, it's going to end up on PC. It just won't end up on Xbox. No, Infamous has always been a Sony thing. Yes, right. I'm saying that, but you can play it on PC, too, right? Nope. You can't? It's No, none of them. Only? Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Um, but even then, I mean, I, I've not played an Infamous game, and I don't know. I like The draw towards the console, at least for me, is a little bit less. The, the multiplayer gaming on console has been my number one reason for it. But now trying to justify that cost, I, I'm wondering. It's also worth noting that uh, Sony has announced that multiplayer will be behind the paywall. Oh, yeah, good point. So that's one of the other things that they actually were able to sort of sneak by with all, through the, all the applause and stuff is that <laughs> they're, they're, you know, free online it's that funny because I mean, isn't there anymore? It's the. It's funny they didn't actually come out and say it, but it was on like the little slide that they showed. It's like yep. you can enjoy <laughs> multiplayer now. <laughs> yep, they're gonna do their probably the same sixty dollars a year. Yeah, probably type thing five dollars a month. Yep, just it like works for Microsoft. Microsoft. That that drives me nuts. I can't believe that though. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> like you have to pay to play your game. You have to pay oh, to watch already... Netflix. I I already do well now you have to pay more to watch netflix yeah yeah <laughs> it just it just doesn't make any sense to me i mean oh uh, no I, I shouldn't say that i realize why they're doing it 
I'm just so used to just being able to play a game that I bought without having to buy additional services for it that it's just like cable internet strange. Yeah. Well, but you have to have that anyway to to use the console. Yeah. Right. So. You know, you still have to pay for electricity to make all this work. Yeah. That's true. Never mind. They're the worst. <laughs> but is that for all multiplayer? They're putting that behind the the paywall. Yep. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's sort of one of the interesting things about the Xbox, as a for instance, is that you know, in order to even enjoy or use Netflix, you have to have a gold account. Gotcha. Which I think is is it's that extra. You know, you're paying your ten dollars a month for Netflix, and then your five dollars a, a month just to be able to. Yeah. Like yesterday, even I downloaded the uh, the Twitch app on 360. And I'm thinking, all right, maybe I'll just watch some game stream or something, just background noise. So I open the app, and I'm, like, looking through all the streams. This guy's playing this. I'll take a look at this. Hit the button, and it says, oh, would you like to upgrade to gold? It's only this much money. It's like, <laughs> no, that's you're killing it. Yeah. Yep. It's unfortunate. Yeah, and with regards to Microsoft's TV thing, I heard that there's a you would have to subscribe to the TV service in order to get TV oh. listings. So you'd end up with a $5 a month fee to, to actually get... Wait, you're get... saying I have to pay for cable TV in order to make their cable TV <laughs> thing work? Yep. <laughs> you would have to pay for cable TV, and then you'd have to pay a f- monthly fee to get the cable listing <laughs> for what's on TV. So where do I sign up is the question. I, I don't know I if have. that's true or not. That could be one of those, like, crazy hilarities or whatever but they um they already give it for free if if you watch tv through windows media center or whatever it's called yeah yep hmm. but you know xbox could be different i guess i would think time warner would be happy to give that to them for pushing more people to not get rid of cable yeah they're a big business and they want to make money man imagine the future we'd live in if cable wasn't here and telecoms, or maybe, maybe we'd still be banging rocks together. What do I know? I don't know. They, the, the, the user interface and cable boxes are so archaic and frustrating that they're like nearly impossible to browse. You have to pretty much know the channels that you like and go to them. I think that's kind of a big, a big reason as to why Microsoft is trying to invest in that. Mm. Like gotcha. for your, for you know, your everyday person. If their cable box is terrible, it takes them 10 minutes to open the channel guide. <laughs> yeah. Whereas you can just stand in front of your TV and say, go to this channel. and connect Or you can tell it the show. You can say, I want to watch Price is Right. Yeah. Who doesn't? I want to watch Fresh Prince Bel-Air. See, that was, that was one thing that I was so excited about the Logitech Review. That's the device that uh, Ryan and I have, the Google TV. It didn't quite go far enough as far as the integration. But the idea was that you just search something and it searches, it just turns your TV into a device agnostic display, essentially. So it would search Netflix and your cable box and YouTube and Hulu, and you just pick. You know, the interesting so, thing about it is that it's changed, too, through the you know couple of years I've had it. Um, at first, it was like awful, and then it got a lot better, and then it got awful again. <laughs> and um, the other day, we searched for a movie. And it was amazing what it responded with because it told us we could watch it on Netflix. Um, 
right now, or we could order it through, you know, Amazon, or it's on these channels in a couple of days. I was like pretty impressed with that. Mm, gotcha. And because um, one of the first things I experienced with the the review, the Logic review of the Google TV, was that it came with all these things with all these options like a Flickster for you know classic oh, movies right. and you know all these other options for movies. But there was no good way to search them and know if something's sure. there or not. And I think they're trying to rectify part of that. But um, anyway, we're getting so, back to the multiple OS on Xbox thing. I mean, that's that's one of the interesting things is games run in a separate OS than than the uh, kind of the the user interface stuff, and then. There's a hypervisor between them to just uh, give hardware resources as needed between the two, and that even lets you do the split screen thing and do something silly like play a game while you watch a movie and surf the internet. <laughs> How many things can you do at once? Can you just have the entire screen full of separate windows? No, just two. <laughs> oh, like my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you can't use the Xbox to display charms? <laughs> uh, I guess Zach was the only one that knew what the reference was. Because these guys aren't burdened with Windows 8. <laughs> you know, you know, there's a lot of really good ideas there, but they didn't. There was no transition, and they just didn't execute the in between well enough. That's that's what I have to say about that. It's it. They just they pulled a vista. They had really good ideas and just didn't go far enough. And left it into this confusing middle ground. And, and I think Windows 9 will be awesome. I think they banged for what people wanted. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. So people wear a lot of charm bracelets. Those Pandora bracelets are going, well, let's, let's call it a charm uh, instead of a window or an icon. That'll work well. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. Why do they call it charms? It doesn't make any sense. Just doesn't make any sense. See, I don't really understand what you're talking about, but it sounds terrible. It's so, so you know when you see a picture of Windows 8, like the sort of the OS, and you have all those little channels essentially. Yeah, it's like the Metro screen, like the mobile style. Yeah, those are charms. Oh, why? They're called. They're called yeah, exactly. I can't just call them icons or buttons. <laughs> no, because they're charms. Yeah. But, okay. <laughs> I know. I know. It, Wait, what exactly. does this have to do with Alyssa Milano? I am so well, she was in episode now. five, but she is very charming, and she was in a, some. The WB is a very fantastic, um, uh, charm. So, so that is, you can get on your Xbox now. So is Tony Danza. <laughs> yeah, because we're free associating now. Can yeah. Can you yeah. eat Lucky Charms with your Windows Eight device? I hope so, but you'll have to have a gold account. <laughs> Bam. And you have to do it in front of the Kinect. <laughs> you have to stand it, up. It'll, it'll monitor the bowl and make sure it's not empty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, Don't worry, I'm taking notes. I, 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 as our sort of like off topic and back to Microsoft ranting sort of exemplified there, Sony made Microsoft a punching bag at their presser. And they did a, a wonderful job with the little video release of an instructional video of how to 
to share or trade a game. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> 22 seconds long, and it just shows a guy handing another guy, I don't know who they are, but they're Sony people, a game. There you go. Thanks. You know, <laughs> stuff like that that just, you know, really screamed in the face of, like, what just gaming should be or what we all kind of think of it in regards to consoles anyway. Well, you know, I think it's also kind of worth pointing out that the DRM stuff is still going to happen with, like, downloadable games. Like, you're not going to be able to trade or resell all your downloadable stuff. And everything is kind of slowly going that way anyway. Right. Right It's sort of, yeah. Right after the the press conference, Jack Tretton clarified for uh, Jeff, whatever his name is, Keegley. He said, yeah, what I said, I didn't say no DRM. I said no new forms of DRM. So the publishers can still do their online passes and their silly activation yeah, so, codes. So they come out and say that, you know, you can do all this stuff with the discs. But, you know, the discs will be slowly phased out over time anyway. And then all the DRM stuff will be there. And it won't be such a knee-jerk change. Yeah, discs are a nice way to get data to people. People just feel like if they have the discs, they should be able to give it away. Anyway, quite, quite interesting. Um, I think that Sony definitely took advantage of the situation and they did an exceptionally outstanding job of yep. of at least making it seem like enjoying games the way you kind of are used to is best on a Sony PlayStation 4. So, One other thing I want to talk about uh, with regards to the uh, Xbox One and the Sony PlayStation 4 was the new controllers. So obviously... Um, X-Bone, Xbox One, is going to have an upgraded Kinect. So it's going to have higher resolution, apparently some pretty neat tech potential there. A little bit more integrated into the system, it sounds like. Um, so, you know, like it or not, I think Kinect is pretty neat gadget. I don't... I, I've been impressed with some of the stuff I've done with it, but I wouldn't say it, you know, for core gaming, it's all that great. But anyway, kind of neat. Um... Each each console also announced new, like, your literal controllers. So the new Xbox controller looks very, very similar, but it has a new D-pad, which is supposed to, It's got to be better. It's a four-way <laughs> D-pad, like the NES. It's got to be better, right? And then... Yeah. Um, oh, it's got rumble triggers, which sounds really interesting. Yeah, they're actually... Uh... Uh, magnetically resistive so they can vary them based on what they want the game to do. No, that's cool. So like, so the... you, you can, you can pull it halfway and have resistance and then, you know, it's like a, a gun trigger. Then as soon as it fires, it's no resistance at all. And that can vary by different games. Yeah. That's the example I was going to That would be cool. Too. Even for like a racing game, like you can kind of feel the engine a little bit on the trigger. Yep. yep. It, it's got, that could be really neat, especially if the the trigger becomes really loose and then you can feel the place in which the me- mechanism would kind of engage and then the click-through, if if it can work that well. Even a little bit of that um, visceral feeling, I think that could be pretty cool. So I, I, um, I don't know if the old, or the, the old, the 360 controllers are supported at all. Did anybody hear anything about that? Nope, they're not. Not at all, right? None. Well, because the new ones, I think they have some kind of like a ultraviolet thing that the Connect will pick up on. Oh, and then it can tell which person is who. Yeah, I think. Some yep. Of that. yep. 
Yeah, for the so for the core gamers that hate the connect, I mean, there's only a few useful things, but one of the new ones is um, if you're split screen in a game, it can see who you are, it can see what controllers in your hand because they blink a different pattern, and then it can move your split screen to mm-hmm. your half of the TV. And it can read your heartbeat and tell whether or not you're enjoying the game. Yeah. And then it's going to send all that data to the government. <laughs> no, the government is just going to spy on it. The government is yeah. going to know that you played the the terrorist level of Battlefield 400 times. <laughs> then they're going to come and get you. Well, it's got to happen somehow. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else with regards to the Xbox controller? That's the stuff I'm aware of. It looks remarkably similar to the current controller, which is nice. Yeah, I like the yeah. Xbox controller personally. They claim better... Um, Better voice quality, too. Oh, yes. The, well, processing of that is supposed to be a bigger deal. What, are they going to use Skype? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so the, <laughs> with regards to Connect, Sony did not mention or demonstrate any uh, move stuff and nobody was reading interactive books. <laughs> oh, no. I would say that's a big plus. Yeah, but it's sort of like kind of surprising because a year ago, right? A year ago they were announcing the interactive Harry Potter book. Well, yeah, that's failed. already out. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Did I totally... What? They kind of just brushed it under the rug. They announced it and then it came out that fall. Wow. All and right. it disappeared. Yeah, that's sort of surprising. That's a big deal. The Harry Potter thing I thought was a pretty big coup. Anyway, yeah, no books, no move stuff, um, which I was sort of expecting a little bit of something, you know. But I think they kind of realized that people generally sort of don't care. Yep. So they, I think it's sort of smart to sweep it under. But yet they still had to make a new move just in case they were wrong and people did care. Yeah. Uh, I'm making just... a new move. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, sixty bucks. It's got two cameras. So, so you're saying that Sony made a move? Yeah, a new one. <laughs> a new move. Yeah. Um, Show me your moves. I just don't understand why these companies feel like they have to ape each other and then half-ass it and then wonder why it fails. Yeah. But they're they going. Did. They're going for that bullet point. Yeah. The other system <laughs> yeah. can do all this stuff. Well, so can we. You don't need to know that it's terrible. Sometimes it's not that it's terrible. It's just that it's never engaged well. Yeah, pretty much. You know, sometimes it's just not worth engaging it, though, either. I think that the move is a pretty neat thing, but... Have they said anything about how it'll work with PS4? They they showed one really crummy demo, and that was it. Just silly, silly, you know, fun-time screen effects... That's nothing. Nothing like Connect at all. All right. Well, they also have a new controller though, which um, has a couple of interesting features. One being the touch. It has a touch pad on it. Hmm. Which um, I'm not sure. Like uh, my Ouya came. We can talk about that in a, a little later if you want. But it's got a touch screen on it too, and I. It does. Yeah, it's it's right in the smack center. It's just. Do you ever actually use it for anything? 
I've used it to mouse and click buttons instead of try to use the the pad or whatever. Mm. But um, it, I, I'm trying to find a reason to use it or even like how to use it. Like, cause you can't like touch it and expect it to be like, I'm going to grab the screen right there. Right. I mean, the reason why you know how the mouse works is because of, you can see the cursor and then you are always doing relative moment movement to that, where that cursor is. But in that, you know, like the, the touch screen case where you're touching an off screen touchpad to interact with it. You're not, I don't know. I, I'm trying to see a real plus to having that. And I really don't want the game where you're like, you have to trace the pattern that's on the wall in order to unlock, you know, the hieroglyph or something like that. Dumb. Oh, I'm sure you'll see a bunch of that. Yep. And or um, uh, quick time events where instead of mashing X, you have to swipe left or right like you're running. That sounds like something you'd see in like the lock picking mini game. Yeah. I don't know. I think... I... I think Sony will force it at first and then they'll give up like they should. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's, too, it's too bad they put it all into their controller, though. I'm thinking maybe I have no idea if this would actually work, but it's a more natural control for playing Plants vs. Zombies or some, you know, in different iPad games, essentially. How do you mean? How could it be more natural to use the. Well, any, any mousing, you know, 2D mousing kind of movement is really tough on a joystick. Yeah, a lot of quicker movement you could do. Like like, uh, like quick swipe your finger to do a 180 instead of holding down the stick and waiting. Well, I have trouble even picturing it for core, for core games, I guess. I was thinking more like casual games instead of joysticks. Well, you know how if you're playing like a shooter or something on the PC, you've got the mouse, you can just whip it real fast to like spin around and get a guy behind yeah. you? Maybe something like that, like a quick slide of the finger, or I don't know. Yeah, but know. there there are numerous games that just have the like the stick, and you click the stick, and it'll one eighty for you. But I mean, I don't. Well, I mean that's it's an option though. At least I mean, yeah. You want to use it? Could it could even just be like separate buttons. Like the left side of that pad could be another button, and the right side could be another button. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point, actually. But it is a little awkward to reach up there. It's not like. But you know, just just if that. If that gives you 10% of the time where you're more likely to just stay on, say, your Ouya and navigate a menu, even if it's your out-of-game instead of going to your laptop, that, that's a win. Yeah, that's true. It, you know, sort of thinking about it, like, that provides a much better potential for interfacing with other things such as Netflix or whatnot, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does it? Potentially better. Not oh, I guess if you're like swiping to scroll through stuff, or you know, trying to just mouse around and get a cursor and see. But if you're holding a controller in your hands, you can already just do left and right. Yeah, it depends on if you care or not. If you'd rather point at that movie there and select it versus arrow down to it, it's one of those really subtle, like just what's the feeling of the moment of that? Because that's why I'm saying with the oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I've been surprised where I'm like mousing around a little bit. So kind of, I didn't think I would, I didn't understand it, but still did it. Granted, most of the time it was select the dang okay button in a, in an Android menu, but at least it worked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else different about the PlayStation controller? Oh, the, the, 
the sticks now indent inward instead of outward. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if there's anything else. You know, you kind of joke around, but I'm a little disappointed about that. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, because like my Xbox controllers, I've had them for a really long time, and they get kind of worn out real easily because they're indented like that. So if I play, like the one, if I play it for like 20 minutes, my thumb will get really sore. Really? But on the PS3, because they're concave, or, or uh, yeah. whichever one is facing outward. Convex. Like it's easier to kind of just move around and takes a little bit less force. Yeah, all right. Sorry, that's, my, the, that's the... my like super extreme edge case. <laughs> I just can't play twin sticks. Uh, <laughs> I'm so awful. Well, luckily, with them. you can get a um, uh, connect and just wave your arms around like an idiot. But, ah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Fireball! <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the Sony. The PS4 is also. Uh, I guess they call it the DualShock 4, is also bigger than the, the PS3 one. So, Is it really? Yeah, the big hand, a touch screen on it. I heard big hand Americans it. might like it better. Yeah, I heard they made it bigger. Because sort of the silly complaint about the, the DualShock 2s and 3s is that they're a little small. Made for Japanese hands is kind of the often saying. It, it looks like it's roughly the same size as the 360. The controller, not the console. <laughs> oh, that's actually an interesting. I heard this, and um, all right. So they also showed the boxes, which you know, like the industrial design of them or not, you know, whatever. Um, is that the PlayStation box is significantly smaller than the Xbox box? Hmm. Like it's half as thick, or something like this. I don't know if anybody confirmed this or not. But um, part of the thought, perhaps, was since they're such similar hardware have such sizing difference is kind of a surprise um is maybe it's xbox's overreaction to the red ring of death problem probably if you look at the xbox it's like, like, all the whole, fans. like yeah it's all fans everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh it, it does require an install doesn't it do all playstation 3 games require an install like if you get the disc do you have Not all of them no okay. some of them do I mean, it's basically, it's not required on 360 right now, but it, it's basically you want to do it because it doesn't sound like a jumbo jet's taken off. Well, PS3 is significantly slower to read from disc because it's Blu-ray. It's painful for a lot of games. Yeah, right. Cause I, I had heard that the Xbox requires, I mean, there is no running from disc. It's you install it. What did require, does it still Yeah, that require? was part of their DRM thing, I thought. Because the idea was you would get the disc, take it home, and then put it in, and it would sort of authenticate to your account, and then you just throw at the disc. Basically, you snap yeah, it in half. Right, yeah. Uh, well, I meant that you would still need the disc in order to verify that you own the game if you'd bought it on disc or whatever. Now you do. Now yeah, you do. Yeah, this is, is the X, Xbox One 180 or whatever. Right, yeah, that's the way it would be now. But well, it's still, you still it have to install the game to the, to the heart, to the, to the system. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard that part. I I think I have heard that or read that, but I mean that's kind of where it was before. I'm sort of suspecting that it still is. You just need to have the disc in the tray in order to confirm it. And they also said a lot of vague things though about um, it's not like wait for an install. It's it's kind of seamless because it installs as you go. 
kind of in the mm. background. Yeah, even you, you put it in, you start the install, but you can start playing. Yeah. Well, it's well, it's copying stuff from the disc. That sounds a lot like what Sony said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a big move, actually. I mean, for for Sony to say that at their release pre. Well, I mean, either way, if if they both can deliver on it, that's really cool. You don't have to wait a half an hour to play your game that you just got. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if Sony did it, but one of the kind of cool things about Xbox, like um, if you were doing any of the online stuff, like for instance, say you wanted to buy a, an Xbox uh, Live game, um, and I did this numerous times, is is you could log in from wherever to the Xbox, you know, dot com, buy the game, and then tell it to install to your Xbox, and it would. Like, it was there and ready when you got home. I can't remember if I had to turn my Xbox on or if it would do it for me. I'm suspecting that it I, it would just automatically start doing it as soon as... It I might have... To, it, I think there's a way that you can have it, like, boot into a low-power mode so it does it. Maybe. I don't really remember. Yeah, I got kids and stuff, so I, I think I just got home and turned the Xbox on and then ate supper and everything, and then it was ready to go. But I didn't have to do any... Log into menus or anything like that. Yep, I think I think it cues it. So the next time you boot, yeah. So I think that's how it went. But I mean, that was pretty nice. I mean, uh, granted, it's not you know just turn it in, on and plop on the couch, I guess. But that, that's probably the way it's going to be in the future. I, I I took the new Xbox to be an always-on system. Yep, that was one of their claims: is the updates are ready to go when you get there. All right, well, that kind of wraps that up. Um, you guys want to talk at all about the Nintendo press conference? What What did they What did they do? They did not have a press conference. I know they're not doing nearly as bad as everybody thinks they are, but uh... well, I did want to. I bring it up just kind of quickly because it, it it's sort of like I can understand why they didn't, especially with Microsoft and Sony kind of battling it out. Nintendo would have been off on the side, kind of like. Who knows what? And they don't have the best numbers to brag about or anything. And if they just had games to talk about, really, and bad sales numbers for the Wii U, um, <laughs> it kind of makes sense. But it does kind of... It, it doesn't really sell well to developers to say, hey, we, we believe in us. Come and make sure you come and develop for us. Our system is popular. We have a Mario game for it. Yeah. <laughs> We may have a Zelda game for it, maybe, ever. It seemed like all the stuff that they were showing was just rehashes on their old stuff, like a new Mario Kart and new Smash Brothers. Well, right. Um, so they, but that they stuff did look really good. They didn't have a show, like a big press conference, but they did have a booth. They also a big... they had a Nintendo Direct, Yep, which um, is their online thing. So they had their booth, and then they had a, you know some online and whatever to promote their... Their stuff. So they're no big. Ooh, they they also did but... the thing with Best Buy. Did you guys go to that at all? I was really nope. tempted and did not go though. I'm assuming nobody did. No, but what's the scoop? Best Buy was having exclusive demos. Um, let's see, the day it was like Tuesday, I think, of E3. Tuesday and Saturday. And then the the Saturday after E3, basically. So you could go to Best Buy during, you know, the day from like one to four or something. You know, specific hours, and then you supposedly at these 
select Best Buys you could experience and play the games. Mm, they, so I, I was really tempted to go, but I did not. But, uh, yeah, I guess the... I don't know. Like, I guess the big deal is there's a new Diddy Kong game. Or uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Well, it's got Diddy in it, right? It's Donkey Kong Country Returns yeah. number two. For Wii U? Yeah, for Wii U. The Returner. You, you know, like, that Wii game that they made? That was, like, Donkey Kong, but new? Well, they it's also like just released uh, a 3D kind of remaster of... Uh... Donkey Kong Country for 3DS. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, that's what it is. Oh, okay. That was developed by Monster Games here in town. Oh, really? Yep. <laughs> was it really? I didn't know that. Yep. For 3DS, wow. huh? Okay. Cool. Anyway, um, I guess the one other thing I heard is that Bayonetta 2 is exclusive to the Wii U. Did you guys hear that's that? Sad. That's sad. That's what? old news, actually. But yeah, yeah. but isn't that... Weird, yeah. That's so extremely. weird. I think that means it sold in Japan and didn't sell in the U.S. And it's weird because oh, that's okay. a game that like a lot of people want, but doesn't really have a lot of mass appeal. Like it's a real cult game. Yeah, it's a pick it up on the side. I guess it's not enough to make me buy a system kind of game. Yeah, exactly. But I, yeah, I don't know. I think they're really counting on like Mario being the big seller or Smash Brothers. It doesn't quite seem to fit the Wii U either. Like, almost naked witch that can kill things with her hair. Mm. She has a lot of weapons. Yeah, but isn't most of her, like, the finishy, big finishing moves is her hair? Yeah. 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 It's it's a little weirder than that, but yeah. <laughs> that, that her hair is also her clothes. Yeah. So yeah. as she does the big fancy moves, it's, yeah. She, she, needs, to, she needs to use that hair for magical powers. Oh, yeah. Because, magic hair. because wearing clothes would be hard. Anyway, yep. And something about Smash Brothers, but who cares? Smash Brothers! So, I just have to throw this in there because it's hilarious. One of the new characters that they announced for Smash Brothers, they have the, you know, the Animal Crossing villager guy, which, whatever. But they, the big one that they announced for Smash Brothers, playable character, is the Wii Fit personal trainer. <laughs> 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 that's a good idea. Brilliant. I just want them to have circle. Play <laughs> as totally... and it's great because her attacks are all different, like yoga poses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. So I, I, we have Smash Brothers here, but it, kids really didn't care for it too much. But I wonder if, like the yoga, the We Fit trainer, do you have to like match poses in order to do moves? I don't know. That would be really funny. You have to use the connect. Oh, uh, oh, there is one. Yeah, on your on your Nintendo, that's good. <laughs> um, one thing I did hear about: uh, they announced Mario Kart Eight for Wii U. Mm-hmm. It's coming, I guess. Yep. Um, which a lot of people give a shit about, I guess. Um, oh, I love I love Mario Kart. But I I guess that the what's it called the Wii U controller. With the screen and everything, I guess it's a pretty decent controller for driving. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess it works really mm-hmm. well, and it's potentially a hardware problem in that it gives an advantage to whoever's uh, using it, and then everybody else is using the Wii motes or whatever, which aren't as good. And um, 
that could really suck if you're playing a game like that and you've got a really distinct advantage because your controller is, you know, better. I don't know. Is it just because you're tilting it? Or I don't use I don't really like know. I have no idea how to use Well if you are, I mean it's got some weight to it. It would be kinda cool to use like a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plus it's got your speedometer on there, right on the I don't know. I don't know. You can use it as a rear view. <laughs> I think Sony beat him to the punch on that one. <laughs> By about ten years. Anyway, that's that's uh, it from the big, big players, the big console folks. Anyway, unless you guys can think of anything else. Well, is EA going to make you install Origin on your consoles now? <laughs> uh, it's already there. <laughs> is, on your console? Well, I mean, you connect to their servers, and yeah. for all their games, oh, you have to have a profile. Gotcha. Oh God, really? Yeah, I think it's oh. all automatic though. It's, it's like it's tied to your. Xbox profile or something. Yeah, like that. you do it the one time, and then it just works on all games since. I, I um, it, it tells you how often that it can't reach the servers and you get logged out, which is <laughs> several times a night. Brilliant. I know that uh, I got Far Cry Three on my PC with Origin, and I was like, roll my eyes in madness at that. Because you go through Steam, you launch the game, which launches Origin, doesn't launch the game. And then you have to use Origin in order to launch the game. But anyway, I get all the achievements in Origin to share with nobody because I have zero friends connected on there. <laughs> and then um, I log into Xbox to play something else, and it shows those achievements in Xbox. I'm like, that's interesting. Mm. That was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, I've got Far Cry no, 3 well, achievements on. on Xbox. Like the actual system achievements? Or the I've Uplay been... achievements? Isn't that because we played Far Cry 3 on Xbox? No, I don't know. I've never played Far Cry 3 on Xbox. I thought that was pretty interesting. So something there connected. We didn't play the multiplayer? On... No? No. 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 (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) Dang it, I can't remember my... I can hear you typing, trying to verify this right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What is my dumb... Hey, I got in. Gonna just try to quick confirm that. (laughs) Because I'm sure their online version of Xbox is gonna be super easy to tell me. I should just point out that this makes incredibly great radio here. You guys are supposed to talk amongst yourselves while this stuff happens. I can't wait to hear what he typed and what he saw. (laughs) Uh, you have yes. 18 achievements in Far Cry 3 for 255 points which means that you have played the Xbox version no I have not played the Xbox version well you have Xbox achievements for it and the only way you can get those is through the Xbox game nope the ones that transfer I'm pretty sure they're the Uplay things I have never ever ever played Far Cry 3 on my Xbox. Far Cry 2, yes. Played the bejesus out of that one on my Xbox. It killed my Xbox, in fact. Which sucked, because I really needed to play Far Cry 2 more, and it was my console wasn't at home. But no, never played Far Cry 3 on my Xbox. And I've got achievements on there. I thought that was 
really weird because I have that same feeling that it should work exactly how you guys are saying, but there they are, Xbox points. Looks like you didn't get very far. So, um, yeah. But all the multiplayer achievements match up with the same date that I got them. When we played together online. X, uh, Far Cry 3? I don't know. Go, go check your Redbox history. <laughs> I swear we did. Maybe you just blacked it out of your mind because something terrible happened. Yeah. And then us oh talking about gosh. it, it's going to make it all resurface. Also, it, there was... Well, all right, piece. Zach. That would explain so much. All right. I take <laughs> it all back. It is. It. I rented it. I rented it Xbox. You're right. I rented it Redbox. And then we played it for like three nights, and then I went and bought it on. Looks <laughs> all right. You you got me. You're sorry, right. What was that? I thought you said you never played it on the Xbox. I am totally wrong. He played it on the Xbone. He has one of the, the dev kits. Pretty <laughs> All right, take it all back. Never trust anything I say in when I'm <laughs> extremely adamant. Just to show you that everything you do online is being recorded and cataloged. Yeah. You're right. That would explain the the low count on the score, because of course, rock that game. <laughs> I totally I collected it. all the canvas bags of broken metal bits. I'd go try to look at my UPlay achievements, but I really don't want to. Nobody wants to. And they, okay, so part of the reason why it sticks out so much to me playing it on PC is because that that thing was just annoying. And the connection to PC to TV with HDMI is, you know, that's fine. But if that connection gets lost and you're in the middle of a game like that, it just crashes the game. So, oh, yeah, it wasn't cool. Because my my TV and the HDMI out sports 1080, but the monitor doesn't. The laptop screen. So that resolution switch on stuff, I guess, not cool. All right. Um, well, let's let's wrap up the E3 talk then, and let's talk quick, if you guys want, a little bit about that kind of cool Oculus thing that, that Zach presented at the last meeting. Just really quick, have you guys got the new Java update yet? You know, I just saw the, the thing for it when I logged in today. Is yeah. it good? It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What? Yeah. Java update available. No. <laughs> this one, this one <laughs> won't have uh, exploits. No, this time. they're just new exploits <laughs> people don't know about yet. Yeah, they're. It, <laughs> it's driving single-handedly the hacking industry. Yeah, them and Adobe. Yep. So, but just for all the listeners, there is a new Java update out, and go get it. <laughs> we want to hack you. Hurry. <laughs> yeah, hurry. <laughs> In stores now. Tories okay. dash Java dash update <laughs> dot com dot co slash New Zealand question mark equal <laughs> update tinyurl dot com slash Java update. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Oculus. So I um Zach, I thought you did a wonderful job. It was in very interesting. Um. Was it coherent? 
Yes. Well, we have, yeah. we've talked quite a bit about it too. And I'm obviously interested in that technology too, but I will say that like, uh, back in the eighties, I had that same sort of feeling like wanted VR and then experienced it and said, this is the worst. It's never going to be any good. Um, I didn't have exactly the same experience where I lusted for it for lack of a better word. And plus my work, I've actually got to experience some of it and never felt satisfied, I guess. But I will say the Oculus <laughs> in the experience with you is... Orgasmic? Course. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat tech. Yeah, your presentation, um, other than, than reminding me of how sick I felt a little bit, um, I actually was like sort of excited to get one. Yeah, it's... Um... It's neat. I mean, it's a long, long way off from mass appeal because obviously it makes you sick. But for the people that really care enough to fiddle with, people that care enough to download Java updates, um, (laughs) you can make it work. And actually, um, it's interesting, too. I talked to one of the guys at work that actually went to E3, and he got to try the um, Omni, what do you call that thing that, that... unidirectional bowl treadmill it's the omni you're right saucer for adults um and he said that actually helped to actually use your legs to walk around Mm -hmm. made him less queasy than to use a joystick to walk around in vr that makes sense so yeah he was yeah he wasn't convinced they have um good industrial design but he was really convinced in that concept as being workable whether they pull it off as a, you know, manufacturing and product development place is another thing. But he said he thinks that's the design that will end up in our houses. Can you jump on the Omni? Nah, not really. I mean, you risk kind of breaking it because it's plastic on the bottom. Ah, gotcha. But uh, he said just having the ring there makes you not worry about tipping over, you know, so. Sure, yeah. You can actually focus more on the game. Yeah, I, I, Ryan and I were were talking about this too, and your presentation definitely made me want to to, to get one. And, Funny, um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. It's it's really really neat. It just opens up so many applications. Yeah, well, I know you. I, I mean, it, even beyond gaming, to, to just use that to like read large documents or large pictures for picture, you know, for graphics editing, having a bigger view for editing music and sound effects would be really cool. You can instead put of having to in the picture, yeah, you can. But I mean, you know, think of all the times you have to scroll left or up or down when you're working on a picture, and if you could just move your head up a little bit, that's. Uh, it sounds stupid that small of a thing, but that's. When you add that up, it's a huge savings over time. Once, the, so, once they have a better panel in there. And no, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Not to sound like a, a jackass, but that's a thing that already exists on some smartphones where they track your pupils and wherever you're looking. Like if you look to the bottom of your phone, it scrolls down. Mm. No, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Or really annoying. Yeah, or that. But <laughs> obviously you could turn it on and off, but that uh, workflow is such a important thing yeah it's got to work well i agree though yes it does it does um i guess like the the thing that speaks most to me about the oculus rift is like being able to experience something new and different um 
or just how it makes you feel. So that, like, I, you poked fun at me a little bit during your presentation, Zach, too, because, like, the the <laughs> decapitation totally worked well on me. Like, I knew it was coming, I knew exactly how it worked, and yet yeah. I still reacted and, you know, ah, jumped. And that's awesome you put... that, that, that something actually made me do that. Like, people that get scared at scary movies and stuff, that's not me. I don't get scared at horror movies or, you know, I'll get grossed out or something, but I won't get scared yeah you know it's a movie but now you can turn around and there'll be a ghost behind you oh. <laughs> yeah but but like the fact that like the you had mentioned the roller coaster you got to try it and sit down and i'm because people can't stand and i'm like no i'm gonna try it standing i want to see how that feels and that was awesome just that that to to, to see how much your brain is trying to tell you mm. you are in motion and it you yeah. feel as if you're slipping it was incredible I was worried about Ty because he was starting to tip just walking upstairs, you know, using the joystick. <laughs> told him to quit it, and he said he was trying. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that the stairs was really awkward for him. Yeah. He said yeah, that. so I think, um, especially in the short term, it's going to be, uh, I don't even know if we'll call them games or not. It's going to be so different than what we play day to day. It's going to be more sedate, especially in terms of movement and explosions and shaking and uh, more about just kind of mellow experiences, I think. Because that's what works with the technology. Yeah, I think especially for your your average consumers, first in kind of things. I think there is a place for those extreme, interesting ones. Like the, the decapitation, beheading, guillotine one is super interesting because you kind of put somebody in it for two minutes, you know, and they get that. Yep that reaction and that experience to it. It's really neat for that. But You know, it would be really cool tie, tying that into Google Maps, too, and doing, like, Street View. They demoed that at Google I.O. Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's cool. Oh, that sounds cool. And there's... Uh, the future. It's here. There's some... Uh, I haven't tried them yet, but there's some stuff with, like, uh, 360 or... I guess not 360, but a hemisphere dome kind of video. Like they would record off the top of a Google truck, um, oh, and then you can just look around at whatever you want while it's playing video. It's kind of an interesting idea. And you'd think you'd think that someone would be able to adapt 3D Blu-rays to put you a little bit into the scene by just mm -hmm. some distortion hacks and taking the depth information out of the picture. Since you can't see the whole picture anyway, because it's so high res compared to the panel, might as well. I don't know. Use just a portion of it and let people look around or something like that. I mean, it's not. Cool. It's totally going to wreck the intention of the director of that movie. But yeah, but as a, as a bonus feature, even it might be pretty cool. Yeah, yep. Because those extra scenes never really took off, like the alternate angles or whatever. Yeah. But how sick could that possibly really make you? Where this thing that's supposed to be kind of designed for what you see as your eyes, you know, is now a, a movie. I don't know. Yeah, if it wasn't shot real stationary or real steady, um, it, it could be very bad. So, like, if you... The ultimate test for that, then, is something like Cloverfield, like a... Like a yeah, some dude yeah. just holding a camera and shaking it all over the place. And that's actually, uh, that's actually exactly what it was like to use VR for the last 20 years. <laughs> you had your your choice between latency uh, and jitter, and uh, the jitter made you feel insane, and the latency made was like being drunk, and it made you sick pretty quick. 
Um, so yeah, it's definitely definitely bad. So Zach, how? What's your prediction for mass market? I'm hoping for five years. Uh, smarter people okay. like like Lee Brash said ten. Um, but I think he's more aiming for when will it be totally transparent and you know seamless kind of a thing to put on your face. So where it's more like the uh, augmented reality-ish type glasses versus the... No, no, he actually says longer for AR because uh, you have to get the latency so low to, to fuse the yeah uh, the real video or the real world with the virtual video and have it track perfectly. So you said about like maybe 10 years to wide consumer rollout kind of thing? Well, I mean, Oculus got $16 million, so they think it's going to be in like a year. Or like widespread <laughs> adoption or whatever. I don't know what they're planning. Well, but, the uh, thing is, though, how long before I can get like the little chips in my contact lenses to see like data and stuff? Um, like you've seen Continuum, right? Like you can just tell <laughs> if the guy is lying just by looking at him because it reads all this data, like his heartbeat and stuff. Yep. Or like the Google Maps thing where it's say like, I want to go to the store and it just draws a line on the ground in front of me. Or like Terminator 2, where you can tell the yeah. bikers close size before you beat them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect reason to have augmented reality. Thanks. Yeah. I was waiting for like a legitimately good reason. But you know, I had to come up with other reasons to fight those bikers. <laughs> awesome. I yeah, I don't know. I think that that. I think the Oculus could have a niche audience now. Yeah, it will. Um, yeah, it's sort of like I, I've put it into the you know those pe- those race car people that have to have the three screen rock chair that tilts and everything, you know, that are really into the race car games, or the people that you know they play the 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 Warthog A10 flight simulators, flight yeah. simulators, and they get the two hundred dollar flight stick that's an authentic replica of the actual A10 console. I mean. These people exist, and they spend money on it, and they develop stuff for it. So, I'm kind of wondering how long before it gets adopted, kind of widespread as a gaming thing. Because if you, it's, I mean, this is sort of like the Wii was last gen, where the Wii came out and everyone went, "Oh, hey, motion gaming, this is kind of cool." Like this is sort of like that in the sense that it's sort of a new, a new way of interacting with an environment. And it could be really cool. Like, this is the kind of thing that you'd want to show to your parents and be like, here, check this out. It's a roller coaster. Or your grandma? Yeah, or your grandma. There's videos out there of people doing that with the grandma. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what I opened with, yeah. The 90-year-old lady doing if you VR. Get, if you get something like that that becomes widespread, it could kind of open up a whole new world of cool apps and tech stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's what that's the sort of thing that sold me on the Wii U. I was not a believer or not the Wii U, the Wii. I was not a believer in the Wii until I saw a four year old girl golfing. Yeah, it's like you can go bowling in your living room. <laughs> and then I understood it, yeah. Then like I'm here like, you can I... look around the bowling alley. You are in the bowling alley. <laughs> you <laughs> are the ball. bowling alley. <laughs> Only a cost two hundred dollars. <laughs> so uh, all right, so the Oculus you have obviously is the developer ish yep. type unit. So, do you know anything about like when the next higher res unit is going to be re- out for people? Because you can order uh, an Oculus like the same specs that you have, or at least get on the order list now, yeah. right? Yep. 
Um, they haven't said at E3 they actually demoed uh, the public a 1080p panel, and uh, people are kind of saying that that's probably enough res. You know, reviewers and journalists and stuff are saying that's probably enough. Um, so I think just that plus position tracking, it's enough to start selling it. Um, and again, and you know, certain things are going to make people sick, and uh, that's where the backlash will come from. Yeah. Um, and then and it'll settle. Make a... It'll settle down to just this hardcore audience, like you said, and then kind of grow from there. I think. So instead of Wiimotes flying at the TV, it'll be people vomiting <laughs> on their couch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, your presentation was awesome for that reason, explaining why, why you get sick, and that stuff's that's one of the most. I'm really interested in like the way that we as humans work, like the mechanics of ourselves. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then the idea that you're using this artificial thing, and it seems so like, you know, people just think that, oh, you just put on these glasses and you'd see a real world and okay. And then not understand why you would get sick. And like I did, hadn't really thought about getting sick with it either until you had started talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I bet. I bet you do. And then like my first experience with it with you was, you know, you put me in the Tuscany, you walk around the little house and everything. And then... You know, I'm doing that for like three minutes and then I figure out how to run really fast. And so I'm running up the stairs and seeing if I can jump out the window. Like I'm trying to see if I can, like how much of this is really going to bother me. And it, it did, I did eventually become like motion sick. In fact, yeah. thinking about the rift now brings up a little bit of that stuff. Nice. Yeah. Got an association good. going. Oh, even, oh yeah, even at your presentation though, I was getting a little bit of association. That's funny. Yep. Um, um, Zach, has, has the Dramamine worked for you at all? Yeah, it works. Or a little it, bit? it extends the time, but it makes you so sleepy. I mean, you can just build, oh, up, right, you can right. just build up a tolerance by just using it once or twice a day. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And uh, and then figuring out what, what bothers you and avoiding those situations. Sure. So I still don't sure. try to play Team Fortress or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's probably going to be different for different people i would think but um a good 80 or 90 percent have some kind of issue eventually if they do it for a while so we're actually doing that um that demo thing tomorrow night and trying to pick stuff that's going to be the safest or it's going to work for the most people and one of the other genres i think that'll work fine is stuff with uh cockpit you know flight sims car racing games where you have a fixed Mm. reference and you're not you're not gliding around like a ghost, or, or you're in a vehicle that does that, so it yeah. puts you in place for. Yeah, and then I, I know make... when I tried it, the the most, at least the most immersive one for me was that helicopter demo where it's like yeah. you're just piloting a helicopter. You kind of look around and see th- see stuff. And you know the the interesting thing about that stuff too is that it doesn't. The more I hear about it and think about it, it doesn't necessarily need to compete with video games. It can take on things that aren't that fun in current video games and make them fun. Like, you know, just yep. flying around in a helicopter is is fun, but when it's that immersive, uh, it becomes quite a bit more fun, and that could just be the game. It's, yeah, it's a different type of game. Yeah, a lot more mellow. Yep. To, to fly around in a helicopter on a console, you'd need people screaming and blood coming out of your head and smoke and shaking <laughs> camera and... And then one guy that's standing on top of the helicopter bullied. Yep. Wolver- <laughs> yeah. Wolverine and jump and yeah. take out the helicopter guy. 
and 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 I don't think people are quite understanding that yet. That it it is totally separate. When when you make a VR game that works, it's nothing like the games we're all playing, especially the action games. Yeah, I remember like I spent a lot of time with it when you had that little meetup group, and you know I played a bunch of the different demos. But I tried once I tried playing Team Fortress on that thing, I just couldn't handle it. It was complete chaos. It was just too much to follow what was going on. But then you know you snap back to something like the Tuscany demo where you just kind of walking around a house. It's way better and way more enjoyable. Yeah. Now this could be like the the third renaissance of adventure games. I think so. I think so. Mist, awesome. you know, yeah, really mellow stuff. Yep. Bring King's Quest back, the Perils of Rosella, in the nice eight bit graphics. Police Quest. Police, yeah. Bring back Monochrome. But uh, yeah, no, no, you're there's there's a whole slew of possibilities that I'm really excited to try. It's um sort of funny because my oldest, my kids are into they they're gamers too, um, and uh, Aiden was talking to me about the Rift the other day. He's like he wants one. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. He's ten, and I don't know how he knows about it. Um, he listens to podcasts. It could be through those, and he gets uh, we get Game Informer. I know it's in there too. And this this is going to be amazing for horror games. Just yeah. amazing. I I have one on my my Android phone and tablet called you know Slenderman. Everybody knows Slenderman, mm-hmm. but <laughs> playing that thing and I was just kind of laughing at it because it's kind of super dumb. You just can't get scared on a on a phone. No, you <laughs> can't. And I've seen videos of people playing it and they just freak out. And games I don't get freaked out too often. On things like even uh, what's the big one, the the amnesia. amnesia. There you go. I thought it was really neat, like how much I'd kind of care and listen and whatnot. But the anxiousness, I don't think I was getting too worked up playing that game. Did you play it in the? Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. I mean that's. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Even like Dead Space, I made it a point to play that in the dark and mm, gotcha. Well, and Dead that... Space isn't a horror game. Well, the first one. First one was. First one is probably the one closest to it. And that was pretty good, but it's still. So one of the one of the ones we're gonna do tomorrow night is um is like a a lame version of um, Slenderman, but I I, I bet you a hundred percent of people are gonna like swear have heart palpitations. It's just so different. <laughs> I'm excited. Do you have to <laughs> sign a release form in, in order to play the game? I don't think so. I think that's nerdery's problem. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> all right but, zach i think i'll just be ending up on your couch one of these days and not leave for like four of them yeah you can come over and check it out get fired by all my jobs <laughs> and uh it's uh you can't actually do it that long so it's kind of self-limiting yeah it's true it's true are you guys interested at all in hearing my ouya thoughts yeah so um Oh yeah, yeah. So we, we had our little meetup. The, it was the E3 meetup. So the IGDA Twin Cities put together a little thing to go meet at a bar, and we all sat together and watched E3 uh, stuff. But I had brought my Uya and uh, uh, Chris Kanifi or Chris Figueroa also brought his, yeah. and so we we played some of it there. And you you had experienced some of it there, right, Zach? 
Yep. So, um, I don't know. What was your impressions? You didn't, I don't think you engaged it too much because you had your rift going off in the side, but. It's, it's hard to predict. I mean, I don't think the, we're not seeing the great games yet, but, um, I think it's brilliant that, uh, it's a cheap thing for TVs. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I was sort of like, I, I did the Kickstarter backer thing and, um, you know, I bit on it. I'd paid the hundred bucks and the extra money for an extra controller. I kind of felt it. And then I had remorse like a week later, like, why did I do that? Um, but I was kind of happy to still sort of be involved. I wanted to see where it would go. And it, it came in the mail and I was super disappointed at first cause it was just a pain to use. Um, the menu system was kind of clunky and it was sort of like if anybody's experienced the, the Xbox indie arcade section, it's like nothing describes itself well, that pictures might look good and then you get the thing and it's really bad. I mean, is it full broken. of Minecraft clones? Um, you wish. I didn't see a whole lot of Minecraft clones, but I imagine if they're not there, they're coming. Yeah, I didn't see quite that level of technical expertise yet because nobody had had the hardware for very long. Yep. So uh, you know, at the t- at that time, there's only like 140 games on it. Maybe there's there's more now. I'm not exactly sure. But at that that time of that meeting, there was only 135. But what had happened is the first night had it and did the two hours of just not finding anything and trying some stuff and not really enjoying it. And the kids kind of like, they were super excited for it at first. Aiden had heard about it. And then like, you know, an hour and a half or whatever go by with passing around. I want to try it. I want to try it. I want to try that bad game, which just sort of really magnifies how bad something is when three people have to try it. (laughs) You You should just know best just to skip it. But uh, we eventually found a couple that were super fun. And even today, the kids are up there playing the game. Uh, Amazing Frog, you're just a frog and you throw yourself at stuff and see how far you can get tossed and jump. And It's so stupid, but it's, it's actually fun to play with somebody else. And um, another one called In Plain Sight, where you're kind of like a little hidden ninja. And I don't know, it's... What's been best about it is that it's been a, totally worth the hundred bucks to sit on the couch and play these games with my kids. I guess is the best way. To yep, it. that's what's missing from yes. tablet and mobile is just sharing, sharing a screen, sharing a couch. Yep. So I wanna, I'm incredibly happy with it because it's been these little fun experiences that even the Xbox isn't really giving us. Um, you know, it's 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 got its Castle Crashers and it's. Uh, other games kind of like that, but they're not as inventive or as interesting as some of these ones have been. So there's a there's a few buried in the Xbox Indies, but they're really hard to find. Yeah, and it's I know, and I don't know the Xbox Indies. Like I would try to find those lists that would list the best, and I don't know. The kids actually like some of the Minecraft clones. So and I mean that that is the future fate of Ouya if nobody. Steps in there with a storefront and some filtering. Yeah, it it's a little interesting how they have their like top list and then it's just a couple of really bad selections for the top list. It's like really, like who did they? What? Why? Why is that? <laughs> Didn't is Xbox that? Indies get shut down at one point? Um, they stopped updating. It, does it still exist? Yeah. Can you still publish to it? I think so. I haven't heard that that shut down, but they they shut down updates to the SDK like 
six or seven months ago. Yeah, so there is no new XNA support. Yeah. Oh, um. So a big like, a lot of talk on Twitter about this game called um, Towerfall. On Ouya. Which is this? Uh, I didn't know what it was, and so I got. I tried it last night, and the kids had zero interest in it. <laughs> <laughs> and what it is is it's like this little, um, almost kind of. It's a platformer, super crate boxish sort of kid Icarus thing. You have a bow and arrow, but you can aim it any direction, and it's kind of like everybody tries to kill everybody else on a little jumpy platform thing. <laughs> um. I can picture. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how to best describe it other than like you have a bow and arrow, you have a number of arrows, and you try to shoot or or jump on the other players. It it kind of looks a lot like uh, if you've ever played the multiplayer, like the deathmatch stuff in Spelunky. Yes. Oh, okay. so, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's like the Spelunky deathmatching noise of a game kind of thing. Um. So that's pretty interesting, right? It's it's. It's definitely couch gaming with your friends. It's got potential for a lot of fun, whatever. But then I guess they're asking 15 bucks for it when you try to upgrade, which is pretty steep. Um, Not that that it's not worth that. I don't know. But, I mean, if it was a buck, I would have bought it and tried it with the kids, right? But at $15, we didn't get past the menu much in fact they just wanted to go back to jumping with the frog games so. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a little hard to fight but to be fair though that frog game is kind of fun it is really fun mm-hmm. it's even not... though there's no game yeah there isn't a game well that's the thing is um it's it's not really fun by yourself because you run out of interesting things to do right away or you know you kind of get it and you're done because but when there's that other person in there, they just come all of a sudden and they tackle you. <laughs> and then you run away <laughs> giggling. <laughs> then it's your mission to capture them. And then, and now they added a crown. So somebody might have a crown. And you can, if they got the crown, then they can't have the crown. As soon as you tackle them, the crown goes rolling away. So it's sort of like a capture the flag-ish type thing. And then they added a, there's like a cart that you one person can kind of get in and then the other one can kind of push around. I haven't seen that, but I've heard about it. And they added soccer balls with some nets so you could actually try to play a game of soccer. Hmm. It's it's pretty dang fun. I know what I really like to do is try to get really high in the air and then I try to land on the other player. Because <laughs> there's nothing better when they're just standing there and all of a sudden they get squashed by the other frog that just came out of nowhere. Or and even if you completely miss, you know what, they just... You can watch in the other player's screen because it's split screen. You just plop on the ground behind them. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's even making me giggle now. So totally and worth a hundred bucks. You got two controllers? I did get two two controllers. Um, you can use PlayStation Three or Xbox controllers. Oh, that's cool. So I plugged in the um, uh, my wired Xbox 360 controller. I don't know if it'll work with the the wireless. Dongle. It'll work with the little wireless dongle thing, but yeah. you need the dongle. Yeah, I've got the dongle. Okay. Well, I know the dongle on a PC will support up to four controllers, I think. Yep. Yeah, you're good to go. You should try that. So I'm wondering if the if the um if the uh Ouya will actually allow that to support that many controllers or not. Yeah, you gotta try it. I haven't tried it yet. 
Like the and then I heard it sold out on Amazon. How many did they sell though? Does anybody know? I don't know. They sold out Target too. Two. Wow. They, <laughs> they sold out Target as well. I heard. Yeah, it's a lot more interesting if you don't have to buy their controllers because fifty bucks for that pretty shoddy controller is not a good deal. But using, uh, you know, controllers you already own, that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of interesting, like, there's a lot of interesting press right now about the Ouya. And it's kind of sort of, I would say, generally trending negative a little bit. But the, you know, the reactions, as much as you can bear to read them, of course. Uh, the, a common point is that we don't know what the Ouya is yet because it's going to be something more. Because it's totally open, somebody's going to do something with it. You know, if it could be a great little home media server and whatever, who knows? So, and I've heard that um, their plan is like every year, just they're going to upgrade hardware. So this is the first oh. first year, and next year there'll be a, another. You know, the Ouya two, and it'll just be like your your phone kind of thing. It just has newer, better hardware. I don't know if that's true or not, but it seems like at the hundred dollar price point, it seems pretty worth it especially if mm -hmm. you can you know it's like the roku box but then some is if it can do netflix and stuff like that as well and if they can do a clever way of just easily transferring everything from one to the other like your save games or whatever yeah it's i don't really understand how it works now if purchasers how they're associated to your account or not don't know but it's a good point because it, it, it is weird because they have their, you know, they call it their shop or whatever. But it's technically, it's every app's responsibility to handle purchases Ooh. Oh. through their interface, right? So it's an in-app purchase, but it goes through their whatever. But you design everything up to that point, and there's no standards. So one game, it's pretty cool. They, you, the game is completely 100% free. But, but you know, the, the pay screen is, you know, buy us pizza. Would you like to buy us $1 worth of pizza? <laughs> How about $5 worth of pizza? Which I thought was kind of, you know, fun. It was just basically... Yeah. You can't get pizza for $1? No, <laughs> $1 worth of pizza. So, like, an eighth of a slice? Once we get enough for a whole pizza, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cute. You know, it's... it's it, the, the Amazing Frog is free. At least it is right now. There's no cost there. In fact, I wish I could give them money. I don't understand what they're doing on Ouya. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's definitely a win. But I will admit, though, some of the stuff I've done, the controllers, I've heard about how they're not the best. Some of them have felt really sloppy. Like they, it felt like they would lose what I was doing or not get mm. what I'm doing. Like, or they'd be a little lagged. But if you'd use, like, say, an Xbox One, was was that feeling? Fun? I don't know. I didn't experiment with it much or or anything. Just tried that today. Okay. Just finally got around to doing it. I don't know why I hadn't done it before. The thing was, like, literally the Ouya was, like, right above the drawer with it there. I don't know why I didn't do it. Probably because I would have had to get up off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. That's, yeah. I'll leave it at that, unless you guys got any questions for me.
for me about it. I mean, I'll. It, Do you think it was worth buying? Oh, totally. I mean, the hundred bucks I put into it for the the time I've had fun with my kids and having it is really enjoyable to watch your kids have fun together with something like that, and and with me too. So, and the cost of like taking them all to a movie, it's the cost of the Ouya is is. So if I don't have kids, is this something that I should maybe invest some time and effort into? Um, my experience of why it's been worthwhile is because I'm playing it with somebody. My friend Bill came over and we played it for like an hour and a half. You know, tried, you got to see this, it's great. Or you got to see this, it's horrible. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I, I am one that likes kind of to see train wrecks um, and then watch other people watch train wrecks. But uh, I don't know. Like, do you have anybody that you game with on the couch with in any way? Uh, in online. Way? Yeah. See, not everything's online now. Yeah. Agreed. Not. I don't know about Ouya multiplayer stuff though. Online stuff, really. From a couch standpoint, yeah. I'll say that personally. Like, I don't go and play the Ouya by myself. The conclusion I came to is that's not what I care about there. Not yet, anyway. I can't say that, you know, it's got things on there like Cannibalt, which I thought would be really awesome to play on the TV, and it turns out I really don't care about it there either. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bard's Tale is on there, but, um, eh, you know. What are they charging for that? I don't recall. I know they have one of the Final Fantasy games, and I think that's 15. Final Fantasy 3 is on the Ouya. So, I don't know. Yeah, I heard if you install um, Bard's Tale on your Ouya, you've got no room to install anything else. So, <laughs> can you can you install? Uh, does it have like a USB port that you could install an external hard drive? Yes. In? Yeah, it does have. Because wait, how big is the hard drive built in? Because that sounds pretty bad. Yeah, I don't know, but Bard's Tale is like a couple gigs. So, but still, though, if they're trying to position this thing as a gaming console. Yeah, but it's supposed to be that sort of like mobile gaming on your TV. And Bard's Tale is one of those weird, huge ones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fine that it's there, but it's a big one. I, I, I don't know. I guess I would always, always just thought of it as a sort of indie gaming console. Yeah, me too. That's what I was sort of expecting it to be. And there are indie games out there that are, you know, a couple gigs. Right. Well, but... At least you have the option, though, that you can just put an external hard drive into it. Yeah, and thumb and keep 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 the price down. Thumb drives are cheap now. Yep. I don't know. Do uh, Do any of you know how much like a like a Roku box or a boxy box costs? Like, how does this compare to that? Roku, I think you can get the cheap one for seventy nine ninety nine. Oh, so not that much more, and you got games too. On uh, yeah, right. Well, like for an Ouya, it's what. Twenty dollars more, and you can play games on it. Yeah. Well, that's the there is the trade-off there because like Roku was really nice for entertainment TV. You know, like doing Netflix is great with. Um, and there's other stuff on there that I don't really use, but um, you know, dedicated channels and and stuff. But the Ouya, I don't know about it with regards to TV. I don't know if it has a Netflix app yet. I know that here's the thing: you can sideload it. You could hack it and make it your own thing. That's what's sort of interesting to me is that there'll probably be something 
where somebody actually turns it into, you know, a hack device where you get the OUYA stuff, but you also get these other potentials. And that's probably where that touch screen on the controller is really going to be important. Yeah. If you're trying to do something with a tool that doesn't have button control, you can still get at it with the touch of the thing. So eight gigabytes of internal storage and one gigabyte of RAM with a Tegra 3 processor. And it says it's expandable via USB. It does have one USB thing hanging out the butt of it. Um, two of them, the, the mini and the normal USB. I'm not sure if they interact the same way or not, though. But Anyhow, I'm, I'm uh, satisfied. I think it's pretty neat. I'm, I'm surprised. So that's a good thing, I think. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and given the number of options that are coming with similar devices... Um, I think Ouya is winning in a lot of ways. But Wait, hold on. Can you can you play used games on it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all the games are free. Oh, okay. But can they, but can you trade them in? Can you loan them to a friend? Uh... <laughs> Man, totally ruining the Ouya's parade. <laughs> Maybe someday they will let me give someone that free game. That you can use part of it. So, apparently there's 178 games on the Ouya right now. So, that's gone up by 40 games since I got it. The day I got it. I actually think the, the biggest weakness or, or risk is, is the fact that it is open. Um, I'd get it and just, you know, want to run emulators on it. That's actually one of the big things on it is the emulators because it's got... Um, they they actually had some issue in the limelight of the, of the press because one of their official Twitter things retweeted somebody playing Super Mario Brothers on it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of... I, I would suspect that whoever that was should have known better yeah and it got picked up and blah 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 but their policy from the get-go is that you know there's nothing wrong with emulators emulators are legal um and yes you can get your emulator published but you cannot um it cannot include roms so there's all these it seems like kind of some kind of shaky ground to take a stance Mm -hmm. on but the, that's the thing is there's nothing illegal about emulators. And if it's it's that's the thing, that's why it's even in the media, too, is that are they profiting then from it? And um, I mean, you could make that same argument about PCs or Macs that have, you know, emulators on them. It's not quite the same. Smartphones. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah. OK, maybe. I don't know how well these things work or whatever, but you know, I've got my main cabinet machine with just about every ROM ever made. I, I admit it. Um, but it, it's funny because you said that, and I immediately had to do a Google, Google search, and now I'm excited because apparently the Dolphin emulator runs on the Wii or on the Mac. <laughs> the Dolphin emulator. That's funny because that's some some of the the tweeting jokes. 
It's like, yeah, emulator is maybe not the best moral high ground to take. Sure, they're legal, whatever, but yet, even still, here I am like, oh, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> well, should we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. All right, well, thanks, guys, for joining me. Uh, listeners, if you got any questions for us or scream at us, whatever, um, find us at igdatwincities.com. Is that right? Oh, my gosh. I believe it's igdatc.org. No. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> says, yeah, that's awesome. Says I, the guest person. Yep. <laughs> How sad is it that I know this better than you do? Well, we should stop changing it so often, really. It's <laughs> <laughs> been there for like four years, hasn't it? Yeah. I, only, I only go there to post blog posts. A couple Again, just <laughs> Just record this outro once, and then you're set. Ah, but you would miss these gems that we're getting right now. <laughs> Where I get That's shown very up. True. Uh, yeah, igdatc.org. Um, oh, a uh, little bit note on meetings. Uh, we have one meeting a month, generally. It is the second Wednesday of the month, normally. Um, any... Uh, info on what's next month? Yep. So um, Barry uh, from Deeper Arts is presenting their new game or their new app. And uh, a lot of people met him for the first time at the um, Global Game Jam this year. And then the member project, I think, is uh, another one of the student teams from, from Baylor's class there. Okay. Doing another um, kind of tactical RPG type of thing with a different flavor. Yeah, it'll be interesting to contrast how the teams present. You, you say that in a way that suggests that there have been a whole bunch of tactical RPG things. No, oh, just one last month. Or this month, I guess. Oh yeah, you missed the meeting, didn't you, Ryan? Yeah. You there? No, I, I was at home. Yeah. And what's your excuse? Uh, gas is expensive. Oh, you had gas. Yeah, you didn't pull out. He he decided to come out for the E3 thing. So had to miss the meeting. Some of us have to drive. <laughs> I can't just walk down the street and be there. Put on your Oculus and bam. <laughs> you know, actually that would be really cool. Have like a little 3D camera in a room. And do like teleconferencing. Stuff. Wait, wait, wait! What if the Netflix app was that there was a TV in a room, <laughs> and you got to watch TV? <laughs> you get closer or farther from the TV? Oh wait, no. What if? Hold on. You could put on the Oculus and look through the Connect camera on someone's living room and look at them and watch, watch what they're doing. But you should be able to drive the camera around to move around the space, really. Well, can't you? Can't? Doesn't it tilt up and down? But, I mean, it should be on wheels and a motor. <laughs> and a quad cop. Yeah. Digging to watch an IMAX screen on your on your Oculus Rift. Yeah, you're on the quadcopter, and then uh, and then if you got the hydro, you could lean over a little bit and look. <laughs> you just got to put it on your shirt. Oh, good times. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next time. Bye. But but in all serious folks, 
thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for podcasting. It was it was a it was an honor and a privilege, and I enjoyed it. Continue until Were you we start. talking about something? Burgers. <laughs> so Sony. <laughs> well, should we wrap this bad boy up? Yeah. Yep. yeah thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Um, I got I think I say it at the end of every podcast. I should work on a better outro. <laughs> what you should do is just record one and then just add that at the end of every episode. Brought to you by pizza. <laughs> And beer. <laughs> Blood, sweat, and beer. Or at least, Gross. At least beer. I can't tell if you're talking to us or if you're doing like a Peter Jackson thing. Like, this is another ending after the ending. <laughs> yeah. This is, and now Birdemic. This is just the intro. <laughs> oh we God. haven't even left the Hobbit hole yet. We're just getting started. <laughs> is, is, yeah. Speaking of which, is Birdemic still on Netflix? Yeah. What's that? Yeah, I just I made people watch it uh, uh the last shoot I was at and Birdemic 2 is out now. What is it? Cuz Bill had found Birdemic, right? And then you came over Tori and you watched it with us. Yeah. It's just this yeah. horrible horrible movie. Oh, awesome. Like I searched for Birdemic in Google and it said people also searched for The Room. <laughs> Manos, Hands of Fate. Man, so <laughs> I just I gotta send you the trailer if you've not seen the trailer for for Dimmick. Yeah, it's quite brilliant. Here we go. You know what? Mono's Hands of Fate might make a really good Oculus Rift game. All you do is just walk around. Wait, is that? I sent the trailer oh, for Birdemic. Sorry. You gotta see you gotta watch Alright. Trailer for Birdemic. The the thumbnail on this video looks like it's just got some huge alpha sorting bugs. <laughs> Dude, that's high that's special effects. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I love the are you? Did you guys go to thisisbirdemic.com? Uh, the whole the the entire cast. Uh, well, not the entire cast, but the the important cast returns in Birdemic Two: The Resurrection. What? Looking to book B two at your theater? Click here. Own it now. Well, they got oh, the it. people back again. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is crazy. Including including the lead. Z. He holds two tiny guns. <laughs> In the picture. <laughs> be huge. Yeah, I was like sort of impressed, Tori, like seeing you know, you sent the webpage or whatever and it's got the poster with people kicking <laughs> the Hollywood sign and everything and I'm like whoa they really upped their quality of their thing and then I closed that and then in the background it's got that horribly alpha bird. bird yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible but you know 
from watching like the trailer, it seems like they've embraced a bit more. Either the marketing has embraced it a bit more, um, or James and Wynn, James Wynn actually embraced it more. The cheesiness of it. This thing is just amazing. <laughs> this little movie poster image they have here is pretty amazing. I want to see this movie. Romantic thriller. So what happens if you actually try to watch it? Awesomeness. Birdemic? I don't recommend doing it alone. Yeah. No, it's it's a great social experience. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Just a full 90 minutes? Was... Yeah. It only peters well, out three or four times. <laughs> <laughs> when you start hearing this, <laughs> they just randomly run into somebody that's got like a whole arsenal of machine guns. <laughs> that, yeah. that sounded, that was a really good bird impression. Yeah, didn't they just like top notch? I swear they just they just ran into a hotel room for cover and there was like assault rifles in there. <laughs> yeah. like, for no reason. Well, first they attacked him with those hangers. Oh, they did. Remember? Yep. They're like, let's get some weapons, and they get hangers, coat hangers. Oh yeah, it's in the trailer. <laughs> oh. Right at the end. Oh yeah, they're just waving them at nobody. Yeah, and the bird. Oh, I can hit stop recording now, right? By the yeah. way, we're I we're guess. done. Okay. This is gold. Well, I don't, I don't know. I think the people need to know about Birdemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, I did quote about it. 